0: Hi there, welcome everyone to this brand new course. I'm Dr. Nick Liebish. I'll be your instructor for this course, and I'm so, so excited to have you be part of this. It's entitled Scripture 101: A General Introduction to the Bible, and it's one of our two foundational courses for scriptureintradition.com, one of which being is a 40-part series of Salvation History, where we put all the Bible together. It's the most thorough introduction to salvation history that exists, that I'm aware of at least. And then this course, a 10-part series on what the Bible is. Because so many people, they they say the Bible is the word of God, We read it in in masses, preachers uh, give sermons on the Bible, Uh, denominations everywhere love it, you have it in small groups and devotionals, everywhere, it's everywhere. But we have some really important questions that we have to answer first, beginning with divine revelation, like the Bible contextualized in God's desire to reveal himself to us. In fact, that's going to be the topic of next week's lecture. So divine revelation, and we need to understand, well, where did the Bible come from? Did it just fall from the sky in perfect King James English? with those little little tabs there on the side and golden gilded edges and a little table of contents and you know a glossary in the back. No, it didn't. The Bible came to us organically through tradition and the authority of the church. Uh, we need to talk about the reliability of scriptures. Like is the Bible reliable? Because you hear all the time people say, well the Bible that we have today is just copies of copies of copies of copies and so it's actually not a faithful a replica of what was originally written, so we can't trust it. And uh, inspiration, inerrancy, what does this mean? We say the Bible is inspired all the time, though it's the Word of God. Well, what exactly does that mean, and what doesn't it mean? There's proper models of understanding, interpret uh, inspiration. inerrancy, and there is improper models or theories. We need to look at that. Interpreting Scripture is important. Not just anybody. In fact, we're going to look at all the verses. St. Peter says prophecy of Scripture is not a matter of one's own interpretation, right? So you just can't just pick it up and be like, oh, I know exactly what the Bible says here, and I have this authoritative interpretation, That's just nonsense. Uh, we need to understand the overview of salvation history, just a one-hour overview. That's gonna be quite difficult, but we're gonna do that. We're also gonna look at Jesus Christ. He claims to be divine. Well, how so? Because some people will say, Jesus never claimed to be divine. You can't find that in the gospels. But We're gonna look at all that. The identity of Jesus Christ is what it's all about. And then finally, we're going to look at the Bible in prayer. I think I'm missing some other topics in there, but this is kind of an overview of what we're looking at in this course. The Bible in prayer because ultimately reading of scripture goes beyond just an academic exercise, right? Looking at the scriptures, the languages, and how the old and the new fit together. The scriptures is our Lord, our Heavenly Father, communicating to us through His Son, Jesus Christ, in order to have a relationship with us. So as we're going to even see in this lesson here today, it's our Heavenly Father's love letter. So we engage in our Lord in a relationship, in a dialogue of prayer. So we're going to look at all of these foundational, fundamental topics, So which hopefully then when you read the scriptures, you read whatever book, you know, from the prophets or the gospels or Paul's letters or whatever it is, you really have this, you know, firmly planted these, well, I should say these truths firmly planted in your mind as to why we believe what we believe about scripture, that it's not like any other book, you see? So I'm really excited about that. So this first lesson, as we kick off the series, is just what is the scriptures and what i'd like to do is introduce the bible and we're going to go over a lot of these main topics kind of like in a sequence and kind of a narrative sequence of what we want to talk about and why because there is a logical flow to all of these topics okay so you have your notes in front of you if you don't have them you can just print them right off the website you just log in and print them off there as you did when you got into class But what i like to begin with is this part one, looking at Scripture with fresh eyes, because the Bible is something else altogether. It is much greater, much more impactful, much more powerful than any other piece of literature, work of literature that exists. I know that's a bold claim, but it's true. It's greater than Homer. It's greater than Shakespeare. It's greater than Jane Austen. It's greater than, I don't know, you fill in the blank. It's greater than anything. It's not just a book of children's stories. A lot of people like to reduce it to these great children's stories or myths or epics or fairy tales because you know, you've know you got Noah and he climbs onto this boat with all these animals and the world is covered in water and there's the flood and isn't that cute, right? And then you've got Moses and the plagues and the Red Sea and you know all those cute little stories and Abraham and David and Goliath and all this stuff. But it's so much more than just children's stories, and it's, it's more than myths or epics or anything like that. It's, it's true history, as we're going to see. It's true history, but it's biblical history, and we have to understand our understanding of history is not necessarily the same as their history. It is true history. All right, we'll see this uh, in, in Genesis here. It's true history. God truly created man and woman. Uh, these are the, our first parents. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll look at all of this stuff, but they are true historical events. So, it's, the scripture is also more than just a collection of wise sayings or moral admonishments. It is that, but again, it's more than that. In fact, <laughs> we have a whole category, a, literature, a, a literary category in scriptures called the wisdom literature. Uh, so you are going to find moral admonishments there. You're going to find the Ten Commandments. And, you know, Jesus teaches us in the Sermon on the Mount and throughout his whole public ministry, how we are to love God and to love uh, our neighbor. There are moral admonishments. It's much more than just, you know, be kind to each other. It's much more than just, you know, follow the golden rule. Uh, It has to do with our our relationships, again, with God and with others. But we don't want to merely reduce it to that, like a collection of self-help stuff, okay? Uh, It's more than just inspiration or I read it and I'm inspired to be good. I'm inspired. Yes, it is that, but it's so much more than that. And it's more than just another holy book. All the time in my conversations with students or people online even, people say, oh, the Bible is just another holy book. You know, there's so many other holy books out there, like you've got the um, Quran for Islam. These are all ri- ri- written in your notes if you've never heard of them before. The Tipicata with Buddhism, uh, Vedas is Hinduism. In America, there's the Book of Mormon. <laughs> there's always a couple of Mormons, you know, knocking on the door saying, I'd like to talk with you about you know, Jesus and Joseph Smith, and they pull out the Book of Mormon next to the Bible. and one of these things is not like the other okay the Bible is not just another holy book okay what we believe Catholics and Protestants what we believe about Scripture and what I want to demonstrate to you as we go through this 10 part series is that Scripture is the inspired Word of Almighty God Thus, it is true, it is good, it is beautiful. Like It is true, good, and beautiful. So it's it's not just fairy tales, it's not just myths, it's not epics, it's not any of these things like inspirational book, it's the Word of God. It really truly is the Word of God. It's the greatest book ever written, as it's famously called here. It's truly a worldwide bestseller, which is so interesting to me. Like It's the number one bestseller. If you go online and Google it, and you find out like how many copies of the Bible has been sold. There's something like 5 billion copies, which honestly seems like a conservative number to me, but 5 billion Bibles, all right, in various languages is, is pretty impressive. There's 800 million Quran. I mean, obviously, these could be fact check. You just kind of go on, who really knows the number, honestly, but something like 800 million Qurans have been sold, 120 million books of Mormon. So when you see 5 billion Bibles, like that's that's incredible. It truly is the worldwide. All time bestseller, and not only that, but there's millions and millions of books that are published about the Bible, devotionals, you know, scholarly articles, books of different sorts. There's courses that are taught in colleges and universities, you know, whether they're good or bad. There's still courses on the Bible because it's everyone recognizes it is the most influential, like liter- literary book out there. Even non-believers who don't think it's the Word of God have to recognize that this is. An incredibly important book so we think it's and we believe and we're convinced that it is the word of god as catholics and protestants um, and and i think the worldwide bestseller is something to, to show that and there are various stories and verses and teachings and idioms that have permeated our history our literature our language you know things like cast the first stone or the writing on the wall just a couple that come to mind here this comes from scripture and there's so many more, more. i just mentioned just a couple of them here So, like, our whole culture, you want to study the scriptures just to kind of understand our language, our culture. It typically is in the West, at least, rooted in Judeo-Christian values. That's becoming less and less the case, unfortunately, to our great uh, doom, really. Um, But it has permeated our culture here. And the Bible does provide answers to the big questions about life. If we're paying attention... If we're not distracted out there by all the noise that the, that the culture throws at us with screens and movies and social media and all the rest of it, right? We have questions about life, like who am I? Where do I come from? Where am I going? Does God exist? What's the problem of evil? Et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to be a philosopher or have a philosophy degree to ask these basic questions about life. You just have to be paying attention and you have to care to, to find the answers. Well, the scriptures is, again, so I'm going to share with you heavily in the next lesson, is our Heavenly Father's love letter to us. It's His own self-revelation to us. And so He gives us the answers to these questions about life. And so therefore, it has changed the lives of billions of people. I find this absolutely mind-blowing. No, you don't find stories of people who read Homer's Iliad or Shakespeare or, like I said before, Jane Austen or whatever it might be, whatever your great work of literary art is. You don't find people converting from a life of sin in their own words where they're unhappy, they're frustrated about life, um, they're miserable or whatever it is. And then they read the scriptures, they encounter Jesus Christ and they convert. But the scriptures have converted billions of people, really, worldwide for the past 2,000 years. That's mind-blowing, that never really happens, all right, with, with other other religions, really, not to this extent, at least. Okay, so it really is, therefore, a heaven-sent treasure. A heaven-sent treasure is what Pius Twelve calls it. Right, the quote is right here in your notes. A heaven-sent treasure that we need to cherish, beautifully, cherish devotedly. We need to faithfully study it. We need to ardently love it. Okay. It's a love letter, in fact, which is this next quote in your notes, you're going to see it's from Vatican II. It's called Dei Verbum, paragraph 11. Dei Verbum, if you're not aware of this, it means the word of God. It's a fantastic our um, document from Vatican II on divine revelation and scripture. So, if you read with me here, it says, "In the sacred books, the Father who is in heaven comes lovingly to meet His children and talks with them." The scriptures are Heavenly Father's love letter. It's Him communicating to us, revealing Himself to us. Right, and and I'm sorry, but the Quran doesn't do this. The Vedas doesn't do this. The Book of Mormon doesn't do this. Only Scripture. And I know that might be really hard to swallow for some people, but only Scripture, only the Old and New Testament together is our Heavenly Father's love letter to us. And that's something that we should read. If you're married to somebody or you're engaged to somebody and they write you a love letter, you don't just like look at it and be like, oh, that's kind of nice. And you toss it on the shelf and you let it collect dust. Well, that's what too many of us do with, with our Heavenly Father's love letter. We're like, oh, and that's nice. And we toss it on the shelf and it begins to collect dust. And we shouldn't do that. We need to cherish it. All right. Because... All scripture reveals Christ, ultimately. God wants to reveal himself, but ultimately, the fullness of his revelation is the person of Jesus Christ. And that's why we're going to go towards and lead towards and end in the Bible in prayer, that lesson number 10, which will come up in a number of weeks from now, how we need to enter into that relationship with Christ. All scripture speaks Christ. I got a great quote for you in your notes, Catechism of the Catholic Church, that's the abbreviation CCC. Paragraph 134 says this, all sacred scripture is but one book, and this book is Christ. Because all divine scripture speaks Christ, all divine scripture is fulfilled in Christ. And that's what we're going to see in all of our scripture studies on, on this website, scriptureintradition.com, but also other you know, teachers of scripture. You wanna see how the, the New and the Old Testament fit together. You know, it's not like they're divided, like the God of the Old Testament is some wicked, vindictive, harsh God, and everything gets better when Jesus comes along. No, they're, <laughs> they go together, right? They're, they form one whole, and that whole is Jesus Christ, okay? So we need to know scripture. There's a famous line here from St. Jerome, I quote it all the time, Ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. And this is something that teaches us a harsh lesson. Like if you don't know scripture, you don't know Christ as you should. You know, no scripture, K-N-O-W, as the line goes, K-N-O-W, no scripture, no Christ. All right, K-N-O-W, no scripture, N-O, no Christ. And there's some truth to that. I mean, it's kind of a simplification, of course, but there's some truth to the fact. If you know scripture and you study it and you pray over it and you communicate to God, you're going to fall in love with Jesus Christ. That's what all this is all about. Okay, So all scripture centers on Jesus Christ. Therefore, if we want a devotion to Jesus, we have to have a devotion to the Bible. You know we need to treat there's a lot of online you know memes and social media posts out there that circle from time to time about like how what if we treated the scriptures as we treated our cell phones you know if we forgot our cell phone at home would we turn around and go get it and we check it like if we're at a stoplight or uh, you know we've got some 10 minutes to kill in the doctor's office and we bust out our bible and we read some scripture that would change our lives because again we're coming into contact with jesus christ all right so uh, we don't want to have just also a like a fifth grade level of scripture. Oftentimes this happens in Catholic circles, but also in Protestant circles. I know because I was raised a Protestant. What often happens is the formation of an individual person stops somewhere around junior high or high school. And then they go into the world and then the world just kind of corrupts them and, and shakes them out of the true, the good, and the beautiful, and they fall away. We need to have more than just a, a superficial, fifth grade knowledge of scripture. I mean, what if we only had a fifth grade education in general? We didn't study math or science or or literature or history or, you know, logic or any of these types of things. We would be in deep, deep trouble when we get out to the real world. Same thing is true with our formation of our faith. Okay, so let's begin to open up this particular lesson now. Let's look at a really fantastic quote of the Catechism, quoting Dave Eberbim, how we can begin to see how Scripture is the words of God and the words of men, and we're going to unpack that as we go along. Sound good? All right, so let's look here at this next section of your notes. Hi, I'm Dr. Nick. Thank you so much for watching this clip. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you want to access the entire lesson and the entire course, come visit us over at ScriptureandTradition.com and join our community of students. You'll be able to access all of my courses in the audio library, plus you'll be able to access my live courses whenever I teach a new topic on Scripture or the Catholic faith. God bless you.